Question Show is proud to support the following podcast. Hello, it's me, Darkfry, haver of exciting news. I am pleased to announce Video Gems, a podcast about amazing video essays and their equally amazing creators, hosted by me, Darkfry, and co-hosted by Zolti Boy. Zolti, oh, that's oh, your Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was doing math. Cool. Explain the podcast. Oh, you mean the podcast where we invite a different content creator every week, discuss a video they created, various other topics, and just all around have a great time? Yes, Zolti, you went a bit off script, but good enough. We have awesome conversations with awesome people about all sorts of awesome things, and they give us their valuable insights. Sometimes they're profound. I don't care if you think the game is good or bad. I want you to tell me what the game means, why it matters. Sometimes they are silly. So multiplayer No Man's Sky is the introduction of a second ship in the canal. But they are always a lot of fun. We also recorded with the creator's full, informed consent and no content creators were harmed during the making of this podcast. Yes, important disclaimer. Thank you, Zolti. No legal activity here, we promise. Follow us and the podcast on Twitter at VideoGemsPod. And subscribe to VideoGems on Spotify, iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. Video Gems launches July 1st, and we'll be releasing episodes weekly. Also check out our Patreon, where we will have exclusive bonus content. Let's find some shiny Video Gems. And welcome back to Questing Show, a play podcast where each week a new adventurer steps up to fix a broken kingdom. I'm the host and Games Master James, and today we have someone brand new to embark on today's adventure. So please, whoever you are, introduce yourself. Hello, it's me, I'm Cody. Um, or Awful Possum, if you've seen me on the internet. Cody or Awful Possum, how are you doing? I'm doing A-OK. How are you doing, James? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, I feel like, yeah, no, people do usually ask me how I'm doing when I ask them how they're doing on Quest and Show, but it's always nice to be asked anyways, you know? Sometimes, you know, I'm not just the host of Game Over Time, I'm also another person in my own right, so it's always good to, you know, let people know that at home. But Cody or Awful Possum, uh... What would the people at home perhaps know you best for, as you said, if they've seen you on the internet? Uh, they may have seen me on uh, on Twitch. I'm a very, very casual part-time streamer. Yeah. Um, and I tend to co-host for um, a friend of mine, Peridactyl, if anyone has seen his content on YouTube or Twitch as well. I have, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So when you say casual streamer, what kind of stuff do you usually play? Um, I play, uh, I mean, I play just about everything, in all honesty, <laughs> yeah. but, but my go-to genre are, like, RPGs, JRPGs, Western, Classic, everything like that. Okay. Um, so you're kind of a, you're a bit, you're kind of, you are an RPG fan, then, by the sounds of things. Yes, I like seeing numbers go up when I do well. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> 
Uh, what's your favorite game where the numbers go up, do you think? Oh, man. It kind of depends on the genre, but, like, Final Fantasy IX is one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Oh, really? Uh, what What is uh, what is about nine in particular, too? Because, I mean, there's it's, 15 of them. Uh, oh, there's even more than 15, but... it's It's got such a beautiful world and what uh, a wonderful cast. Hmm. Uh, Zidane is probably one of the coolest and best Final Fantasy protagonists in the entire series. Yeah. Oh, nice. And, um... How would you say the numbers going up in that game are like? How would you compare the numbers going up in that game compared to other numbers where the numbers go up? I mean, other games so, go up. Damn it. Final Fantasy IX is a pretty basic JRPG where you just, you know, you fight the things and your experience bar goes up. But a cool mechanic they have that, um, that Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, I think, uses. Hmm. And it's when you have equipment uh, equipped they have a skill built into it and so the more so you'll get i think it's oh what's the name of those points it's it's like battle points or something like that but you get experience points and then i think it's tech points okay. and it fills up the bar on that equipment and then once it's fully uh filled uh you get that that character gets to keep that ability and you can change equipment oh that's cool so it's kind of like uh if a if a character if like a weapon like a spear or something had something on it which was like you know you get two attacks a turn or whatever once you grind enough with that then even if you're no longer using the spear you still get that perk. Yes, and the wow. the best example is uh, an early dagger that you can find um, <laughs> in one of the dungeons is Mage Masher, which is a Ooh. prominent uh, dagger in all of Final Fantasy. It does more damage to mages and wizards and stuff, and uh, when you level it up, you get the Mage Masher ability. So, like, you could just do extra damage to magic folk um, at all times once it's fully leveled up. That's cool. Because, yeah, the only RPG game, and I guess, I mean, Cornet and RPG is a bit of a stretch, where I remember you could level up weapons was uh, Infinity Blade on the iPhone. But when you master a weapon, you don't get anything from it other than when you sell it um back you can sell at a higher price versus an like an older like a one that hasn't been mastered so okay. no that's a really no that's a really cool mechanic though i i quite like that yeah and i, I i'm particularly i don't want to say it's old school but i i like grinding it's it's mm. a very uh turn off your brain passive kind of zen state for me and so like it's just literally, oh let me level this up before i go into this dungeon kind of deal and then i'll just go out and do some battles and you know, turn my brain off, and, yeah. and it's it, it, it's one of the reasons why I like that game. No, for sure. And I mean, it's one of those things that I know. Obviously, grinding gets a bit of a bad, you know, gets a bit of a bad rap because obviously it's repetitive. But I think if it's entertaining enough, it's not really that. You know, I don't really. Yeah, if the, if the game is fun, I mean, with every game now having some sort of RPG mechanic, mm. it's like if if your game's fun to play, then you're gonna like doing the thing. I mean. Ratchet and Clank just kind of recently came out, and ever since uh, Ratchet and Clank Two, every gun like levels up. So it's mm. like if you like playing, if you like the shooty part, then you're gonna level up the gun regardless. Well, no, exactly, and it goes back to something even older than that, which is like arcade games, which is yeah, you know, they get harder and stuff like that. But essentially, it is repetitive. It's you know, it's doing the same thing again and again until you know, with a couple of variables change. But again, if it's fun enough, then it's you know, what's the issue? But um, exactly. But as you said, yeah, there's a lot of RPG elements in, like, like even, you know, Call of Duty was one of, like, the first games to add that kind of RPG element to the multiplayer to, you know, keep people engaged. 
sort yeah. of thing. But uh, what about uh, tabletop role playing game stuff? What's your experience with that? I started with three point five. Oh, D and D, yeah, yeah. Um, that was forever ago. I played a little four. Four had a little too much for my my small baby brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, so did 3.5, but it, I mean, it was my first, so sure. I'm a little biased with that. Uh, but I, I tend to play a couple. Uh, I've played a couple of indie ones that our, our friend Nevin has made. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm trying to branch out and start looking at, you know, uh, shorter form plays like with Quest and Show and even with uh, Dungeon World. And I, I just have so many books on my bookshelf that, <laughs> that it's like, yeah, I'm going to play this. And I just never... I never do or set anything up. You're kind of a bit of a, like, you're quite interested in, um, like, not just staying in the D&D &D hole. Like, you kind of want to explore and, you know, see what other systems have got going for them, I guess. Yes, and it's, and at least, like, with friends, it's like, I'll try to, like, pitch the new, like, the new indie hotness kind of deal. Like, hey, let's try this, let's try this. And if anyone's unsure, um, or if they didn't like it, luckily, most of us already know 5th edition to an extent. Yeah. Um, um or Pathfinder and mm. we can we can just go back to something that, you know, we don't have to worry if we're doing anything wrong. No, for sure. Per, per se. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um I mean I've kind of asked this of everybody who's come on, but I guess a bit of an interesting angle for you is that obviously because you do like like one of your favorite games is like Final Fantasy Nine and stuff like that, and you do have a lot of experience with like tabletop stuff. Is there anything that you would say that, like, through the tabletop games that you've played, that, like, they can do something better or there's something to them that you have yet to get in, like, a like a video game role-playing game? I really, really, really love the social aspect. Yeah. Um, and everybody in the world figuring out how to still get together and play tabletop games during... Um, a pandemic, yeah. Yeah, during a pandemic um, was kind of inspiring in a way that we were like no we're still gonna play this because oh yeah we genuinely love it um i love the camaraderie of tabletop um it, it's just fun it, it, it it's 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 such a breath of fresh air to just be at a table with friends and working and not working together towards the same goal yeah no i Absolutely agree with you. And it is, yeah, even when there's kind of like digital barriers in the way, like, you know, using Roll20 or using like Discord to communicate, when it works, it works, which I think is, you know, such a fantastic thing. Yeah. Well, that is good to hear. So it sounds like you are, um, you're, you're in a good mind space then for a question show. Uh, how much uh, do you know about what's currently going on you know in and out of trial era and you can be completely honest if you want the the last episode that i think i listened to was what's what's his name under the surface ah yes under the surface under the surface that yeah. was that was phenomenal so i know of sewer people and or sewer dwarves excellent so you know, <laughs> so you know about so you know about sewer culture in a throttle area well that's good whether it may come up in this episode or not i mean obviously depends on how things go for your character but we won't get into that just yet because first things first because cody it sounds like you have listened to question show before so you know how the rules work but 
it's very possible that there are new people, new listeners to this episode who perhaps have come here because they like your stuff, your streaming, or the way that you do with Perry, and they go, well, what's this question show thing that Cody's on? I have no idea what it is. Well, don't worry, we're... I'm going to fill you in right now, which is... Before we start recording, I asked Cody to come up with a character who will be tasked with solving this episode's issue at hand. And over the course of the adventure, I'll describe settings, characters, and situations, and it will be up to Cody to tell me how they'd like to proceed with their actions. And most of the time, these actions won't be challenged. However, there may be opportunities where they'll want to take the advantage, say get a drop on somebody or parlay for a better deal, or times where they'll have to defend themselves, either through a little bluffing or combat. And during these occasions, they'll be asked to roll two six-sided dice. But there's a bit more to it, because for each small advantage they might have going into a situation, such as their gear or their special abilities, they add one onto the final result. But on the inverse, these things may be a disadvantage, such as if the character is hurt, or if they're not quite a fit for what's going on. And in those results, we remove numbers from the final result. But simply, high numbers lead to great results, and... Cody, as somebody who's played a lot of role-playing games, what do you think happens when you roll a low number? Usually, if it's funny, uh, a funny situation, your pants fall down and everyone laughs at you. <laughs> is that usually what happens when you roll low numbers in uh, in, board, in uh, role-playing games? Is Oh no, my, my trousers have fallen down. <laughs> oh no, everyone's looking. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. And I'm giving a big speech and everyone can see my underpants, dang it. And I haven't studied for the math test yet. Oh no, and my boss is coming over for dinner this evening and I've ruined the roast. Yes, all those things are going to happen if you roll <laughs> numbers oh, as well. Oh, no! <laughs> yes. Um, if you roll snake eyes, you're going to get all of that and maybe something else. Uh, speaking of which, uh, do you have any dice to hand? Yes. I have would a you, bunch of dice. Would you like to do a roll to see um, what we... I don't know. Uh, uh, like uh, smashing champagne on a ship. Just to, you know, see what might be in for you this episode. All right. Seven total. Seven total. That is a mixed success, which I think is good. It basically means that you're going to get what you want, but there's going to be a cost or complication to it, which I think is kind of indicative of Quest and Show in general, which is people getting what they want, but it coming at great cost and consequence. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the people home, the rules and system are linked uh, below. Now, Cody, before we get started... Is there anything you would like to say before we get into the adventure proper? I'm both excited and extremely terrified of what's to come. <laughs> I mean, you did get a seven out of nine, so you are smack. So being so having both of those things makes sense because you are smack bang in the middle of results. I think. <laughs> oh, and uh, and that's good. Good to know. But just before we start. Keep in mind, always remember, as I say to everybody on Question Show, your actions aren't just going to affect this adventure. They're going to affect every adventure going forward. So please consider that in your decision making. So, with that, let's go to a land out of time and out of place as we focus 
on the character of today's episode of Quest in Show. Now, Cody, please tell me, who are you playing today? I am playing a uh, a tabaxi, a, a cat man, uh, a beast person um, named Eclipse. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a black cat, and he, at least he feels, he's been cursed since a young age. Um, his parents were murdered when he was young, and everything seems to just fall apart. Literally, not not existentially, literally falls apart, and uh, bad luck seems to go wherever he is. Oh boy! So, what kind of bad luck has befallen him over the course of his existence? You sh- like normally, it's like scaffolding. <laughs> it, it, it's it's always some like crazy like Rube Goldberg. Like situation, right? Um, like some like some scaffolding, like a screw comes loose or something like that, and it starts teetering, and then heavy objects starts rolling down, and then turns into an Indiana Jones affair. Oh no! Um, he <laughs> he's fallen down many a manhole. Oh dear. Um, he, he just. It just gets like he just gets it just falls down a lot really. He's, he's just he's just incredibly unlucky by this kind yeah, of things. It's 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 so unfortunate. And so when he was younger, he uh, a, a a temple ended up taking him in and you know nurturing, um, and God God bless them. They were very patient with his jinxed aura of <laughs> some sort, um, and you know he trained under them, so he knows some martial arts. Oh, good. And basically, he kind of learned this as a survival tactic, so he could just, like, withstand and kind of Jackie Chan every man his way through his bad luck. Oh, great. And, uh, yeah, and so, you know, he's gotten older. Uh, he's probably, like, mid-20s or something like that now. Sure. And he's like, you know what, I'm tired of this curse. I'm, I need to find a cure for this thing. Absolutely. So, let me ask you. Um, obviously, you've gone over his expertise, which is that he's been trained in martial arts. He's very good at hand-to-hand fighting, and he's also very good at weaponizing his environment to defend himself. But on top of that, what would you say his special skills are? Three things that separate him from other, perhaps, black cat tabaxis. Uh, he's very athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got... One of his skills is just like a good intuition, and that's kind of like a pseudo Spidey sense kind of idea. Sure. Um, and it allows him to react. I feel like it would allow him to react um, to oh. the given situations. Absolutely. And being being a cat folk, he has night vision. Yes, he is able to see in the dark much better than the other races of Trochlera. Um, one final thing I will ask is. What does he usually bring with him? Uh, what's his loadout? Uh, he has exploration gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of has like a, 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 a sack or a satchel with him. Yeah. And, you know, it's never... pretty much like a, like a scout, in, in all honesty. He's got to be prepared for every situation at hand. Of course. And um, part of that exploration gear is his signature weapon, which is uh, a, a grappling hook. 
Ah, fantastic. So, something that he can use both as a means of offense, defense, but also um, something that he can use to kind of get around his environment. Yes. That is good to know. Now, I have got an unfortunate thing to tell you before we start this adventure. Well, actually, I've got two unfortunate things to tell you. Although this is going to be the first. This is out of world, unfortunately. Now, you've said that Eclipse believes that perhaps he is covered by a unexplainable aura of bad luck, some kind of jinxed energy. Something that's completely unexplained, and despite being with the temple, everyone has told him that it's completely irrational. It's, you know, there's no real explanation for it. Unfortunately, in the game of Quest and Show, uh, this detail has uh, factored itself into the game. So, unfortunately, when you are rolling uh, for all Eclipse, I will be taking minus one from all results. Oh no! To represent his bad luck. Of course, that is only going to that's only going to happen while he is in this state of bad luck. I'm not saying that he may be able to fix this for himself, but. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately uh, if you roll a big 10, you're going to end up getting a 9. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, factoring in all of his skills or expertises or loadout is going to be very important if you can do so. Now, the second bit of bad news that I have to tell you, which is more in-world in this case, is that poor Eclipse, at the beginning of this adventure, has managed to get himself arrested. Now, how this has happened, I will say, is completely out of his control. Because as he has been, he's a, you know, Eclipse, he's a travelling man, he goes from different cities across the continent, and he has found himself in the capital of Trotlera, you know, this big old place where if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And if there's anywhere, now that it's lifted its magical ban, which might have some solution to his bad luck is going to be there. Unfortunately, um, a couple of city guards have been able to finger Eclipse as somebody who very recently broke into Trotlera Castle, stole the previous Queen Manon's clothes, even stole the heart of Prince Pret's fiancée Susie, and then escaped into the night. The only details that they were able to get that it was a dark tabaxi, and unfortunately... Eclipse fit that very well. Oh no. What I will say though is, I will let you roll 2d6 to see this, your current state at the beginning of this adventure. Okay. I got a 4. Actually, you got a 3 because of the minus oh, 1. No! <laughs> so, unfortunately, you're not doing too well. In the midst of trying to escape the city guards, you did cause a small amount of property... Of course, you didn't cause that small property damage. You accidentally hit a stone with your shoe, which hit against a window, which caused a pot to fall over, which hit a wooden plank, and caused some paint to spill across the road, which has caused some auto cars and people to slip, fall, and hurt themselves. But in a midst to stop the chaos that you endured, you were shot with a fortunately non-lethal sleeping dart, which has put you into a deep sleep at the back of the cart. 
you can only assume because of the fact that you were captured by city guardsmen that you were probably being taken either to the high court or, potentially worse, the castle dungeon. But something very interesting is happening, Eclipse, as we go inside of your mind palace as you are deep asleep. There is a figure here with you. A silver, almost kind of chrome metallic figure who stands hundreds of feet taller than you. You come up barely to its shins, but from what you can make out from the barest amount of details that you can see of this figure is that they are a tabaxi like yourself, a female tabaxi, in fact. And as you kind of come round, they have this kind of booming but almost like motherly tone to them as they say, Eclipse of the moon. Eclipse of the moon. Uh, oh, uh, hi. Oh, do you like, do you get up and do you do like a tiny wave or something? I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. Hello. Uh, your voice, this hello kind of echoes off into this void that you're inside as this Viggy, like, continues to hover over you. You kind of see, like, your reflection warped in the metal skin of this figure as it goes, Eclipse of the moon, listen to me very carefully. Okay, I... Okay. I, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 so intrigued that they're this gigantic and this metal. I, okay, are you like tapping it? Are you just yeah, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I've never I've never seen this before. This is so crazy to me. Yeah, no, this is um, it feels like solid metal, but it's not like any metal that you've seen before, which has been like bashed and blistered into armor or into like swords or whatever. No, completely smooth across. And like I said, like your reflections warped in it. But she continues and she says, Eclipse of the moon, I want to tell you that a means to change your fortune is very nearby. Oh. Oh, oh, really? Where? Eclipse of the moon, the means to change your fortune exists within the palace of glass. Ruled over by the Prince of the Forest. Oh. Okay, okay. Uh, do you have any names, by any chance? The means to change your fortune exists within the Palace of Glass. Ruled over by the Prince of the Forest. Like, that's... <laughs> like, that is all they can tell you about who owns it. I will tell you, though. If you want to roll 2d6 and I'll let you use um, some intuition to figure this out. And actually, I'll ask you, how much do you kind of know about the different king, like these different, like you traveled to Trotalera, but what do you kind of know about that and like surrounding kingdoms? Um, I would say he has surface level knowledge. Um, he knows of the names and common dispositions. Of course. Roll 2d6 and I'll give you a plus 2 on it then. Uh, 5, 6, 7, that's 9 total. That's a 9 total. And I'll tell you what, I won't take a minus 1 off this because it's like, there's no real reason to because you're already, yeah, you're a mixed success. 
Palace of Glass, your mind kind of races to figure out what does that mean. And you do think of Trotlera Castle, which is almost designed like a big old, um, almost like a lighthouse. It's got this big lantern shape to it, and it's got these really tall stained glass windows that, like, during the night time, you can see it from all corners of the kingdom being illuminated. And then you think, Prince of the Forest, Prince of the Forest. The only kind of thing that you can sort of, like, put two and two together is that the old, very ancient history of these islands and the fact that uh, the Beast People um, used to be called uh, the Forest Folk and they used to obviously live in the forest. Uh, the Beast People, of course, there's not a lot of them left nowadays, but perhaps the most famous of them is Prince Pratt, who is now technically King Pratt, um, the ruler of Trotlera Castle. Putting those two bits of Lego together, you figure out that, oh, it must be in uh, Castle Trotlera then, which you may be going to. Um, com Coming to this realization, I, I look up at the giant lady. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you have a name? So, like, a reference card so I don't look totally crazy? I am the Maiden of the Needle. You will find my needle with inside the glass tower held over by the Prince of the Forest. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I warn you, you must be quick, for my children will be looking to get my needle back. Your children. The moment you ask that question, you feel a bit of a jolt. And that jolt wakes you up as you realize that you are in the back of a cart, being, um, well, you're just in the back of a cart, really. I, uh, I, uh, quickly look around to see where I am, if, if I can feel like, if I can find out if I'm going to a dungeon or to upper towards the castle. Sure. Um, you have a look around this car. Uh, the thing is completely cleaned on the inside, but it kind of smells a little bit like, uh, it smells like, it smells like hops and it smells a little bit like beer, which is a bit odd. So perhaps this is a transport truck of alcohol of some sort. Um, the only bit of, um, like, you can see outside, there's two sets of windows. There's ones that are on the outside of the car that you look through. And you see, um, like, the town streets of Trotlera, you know, the cobbled stones that are rocking the uh, cart that you are on, and... Hmm. Roll 2d6 plus uh, intuition. Oh, dang. Uh, three. Uh, so four total. Oh, boy. Uh, so, no, you're not getting a very good idea of, like, where you could be going. And as you kind of like lean to look out the window, um, the squeaking of the wood um, alerts one of the guards in the front of the cart that says, Hey! Hey! No, no moving around back there! I wasn't moving. No, you were moving because the wood's squeaking. That, that's It's a bumpy road. I, no, I wasn't moving. No, that's <laughs> not but Hey! Don't be cheeky, ye! <laughs> Otherwise I'll be coming back there and giving you a taste of the truncheon, alright? He said the what? The ta my taste of my truncheon. <laughs> I, 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 I look at him with such confusion. Um, 
and I, I coyly, I like lift my foot and then I, I step on the wood that the squeaky uh, panel again. Oh, what are you trying to be cheeky? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, roll. Uh, actually, so what's well? What are you doing? To are you just doing this just to be a just to be a bit of a brat? Yeah. Okay. Roll two d six. Box cars. Ah, oh, box cars, baby. <laughs> this guy rolls his eyes and then goes, "Well, oh, bloody tobacco. He's a pain in the ass." As he like return, rotates around and looks at the front of the car. Uh, so good news with that box cars is one that guy isn't gonna come around the back and bash you. And number two, in that interaction, you get a good look at that person and the armor that they are wearing. He looks like a royal guard, which means that he looks like he looks like this cart will be taking you to Castle Trottlera. Okay, great. Ah, all very good then. So, uh, I guess as you, this cart is kind of trundling along, what do you do with this information that you've been given? Um. I kind of start formulating a plan on how, you know, I'm trying to come up with a, some some words to say to get me to see King Pratt as soon as I can. Okay, so you want to come on a, you want to try and like, and what do you want to do? Do you want to try and like get their attention and say, oh no, I need to speak to the king or like, what what are you thinking? Yes. Yeah, I, I, it's 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 going to be. I need to see. I need to speak with the king. Um, I'm probably going to end up lying, saying I I did this to see the king, or something along those lines. Say, um, say you what? If you kind of want the time to figure that out, I can let you roll to see if like you're given enough time for that. Or you can even roll if you, perhaps I don't know, like a little neuron in your brain to fire to see if maybe you could figure out like maybe the right thing to say in this situation. It's your call. I'm gonna roll. You're gonna roll. Alrighty. I'm gonna roll. Uh, roll 2d6 and I'll give you a plus one for intuition. And I'll give you another plus one because you're a little bit more abreast of the situation. Uh, three. I rolled a five. You rolled a five, which means so... you rolled a... Oh, wait. is that So that's a five and then plus two, right? Yeah, so seven total. Seven total. Okay. Well, that doesn't it doesn't make sense to factor bad luck on that, so I'm not going to. So I'll give you I'll give you a partial answer then, which is well actually, I'll tell you what then. I I, I think yeah, okay, I know what the pro, I I know what the fallout of this will be. You mull it over then, and you kind of like put pieces of Lego together and you're like, right, okay, what do I know? What do I know? Um, from what you have heard about Prince now turned King Pratt, he is a pretty reasonable person, and he will be willing to hear most people out. Now Apparently, the crime that you have been arrested for, the fact that, yeah, I'll give you this bit of extra detail as well, is that when you're sitting at the back of the car and you're kind of having a look around of, like, stuff that you have in there, and they removed a couple of the wanted posters while you were asleep, just so, you know, nobody's now, because, you know, they found the guy, they're the person that they need to talk to, so you have a look at it. Uh, the person who they believe you are, that they arrested, was called Prose. And the crimes that they were arrested for was supposedly uh, stealing uh, clothes and jewellery from Queen Manon Hemlock. So you kind of like put pieces of Lego together and you go, okay, well, perhaps I could speak to the king to explain that perhaps that maybe I needed to steal the clothes because they had been poisoned or 
maybe I wasn't really stealing the clothes, I just wanted to visit the room and, you know, see what the Queen was like, so potentially pretending that you were the person who caused the crime could help, but of course you could also lean the other direction and say that, hey, not all us tabaxis look the same, King Pratt, is that what you're <laughs> saying? So, you know, and you know, King Pratt wants to be a more accepting and more, uh, you know, universal, uh, you know, a better king than the previous one. So perhaps, you know, that might be a good way to lean there as well. So those are, I would say those are maybe your best options for how to get oh, to speak yeah. to the king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, so I'm going to, I'm going to do that, that the latter because uh, Eclipse actually has a little, um, he has a white little bobtail. He's the, he's like a Japanese bobtail cat. Oh, Is his, um, I, I guess it'd be race in yeah. for a, like for the folk uh so yeah i'm gonna play that card and um and say look at the find find the tabaxi with the longer tail because it definitely wasn't me but there we go then fantastic stuff um you hear the sound of like uh doors being like opened and stuff like that as the car moves from cobbled streets onto smoother ground and the guy who's in the front of the car is like right Hey, right, you keep that gob mouth shut because I'll be coming back there to get you out, alright? Okay. Alright, and yeah, you kind of sit down and you, you take a little bit of a deep breath as the cart continues to move towards the dungeon. Roll 2d6 plus intuition. Oh no. Plus intuition? Uh, yeah, plus intuition. Um, I rolled a 10, so 11 total. Oh, I would take minus one off a lot, but it doesn't matter because you got a ten. Okay. You get a bit of a... Your, the fur on the back of your neck and your tail stands up as you feel like something uh, very bad is about to happen. Ah, uh, okay. Um, uh... I will say, roll 2d6, we'll add plus one for athletics, and I won't take luck off for this, because you are prepared for what is about to happen. Hey. You said with athletics? With athletics. Um, I rolled an 11, so that's 12 total. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, as the cart comes to a stop, you kind of hear like muttering from the front of the cart, and it's just kind of like, wait, what the... What the hell is that? Oh, he's, he's, come, he's coming towards the... He's coming towards the cart! What, 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 and then... Uh, James, add sound effects here of explosion. Boom. As the cart is hit by what feels like a tidal wave, uh, the cart begins to flip and roll around, but being such an athletic guy, you are bouncing between the walls, you are holding onto the ceiling and then like onto a wall and then onto the back and stuff like that, as the cart hits the floor with a really violent shudder. Um, fortunately, you're, like, your senses are completely intact, like, you're not totally dizzy from what has happened, but, uh, you are now stuck in the back of the car as, uh, you have a look out the front window, uh, the two drive, well, the two people in the front of the car, they are gone now, and you can see that you are in the castle courtyard, where, oh, some level of, um, like, anarchy is happening? Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, oh. <laughs> uh is there a way to get out of the cart uh, is like the door like jostled open from the crash is the window kind of busted or say you what yeah roll uh roll 2d6 and i'll give you a plus i won't take a uh, look off for this 
Golly. I rolled a four. You rolled a four. Okay. The (laughs) back of the... um, So the back door is still in place, but the bolts are a little bit adjusted. It means that you are going to have to try and... Because you are a cat person, you may be able to squeeze through the little window, but it's not going to be pretty. So roll a flat 2d6 on this. Another four. Another four. Oh boy, oh boy. You... Sit, like you continue to hear like the sound of like smashing and crashing outside and like people like screeching and stuff like that and you just decide oh I, I just need to get out of here you push yourself like you push these bars out of the way and you push yourself through but unfortunately they cut you up pretty badly as yeah. you squeeze through so you take two harm from this oh gosh Unfortunately, because you have now taken two harm, you will take a minus one on any physical activity until you find a way to recover oh, no. some health or like patch yourself up. Essentially. Oh dear! Do I have? I don't have my gear on me, right? Oh uh, no! Fortunately, you. Uh, fortunately, you do. They didn't take the gear off you when you were arrested. Oh. Yes. Not very good guards, unfortunately. <laughs> um. So I could say that perhaps potentially there may be something in your inventory that might be able to help you, or you know something about. But I don't know. It's your call. What would you like to do? Uh, if I had anything, it'd probably just be some gauze or anything to wrap around. To, like maybe I have like a pretty cut up leg or something. That's true. Uh, uh, do you want to take a chance? Yeah. Okay. Two d six plus exploration gear. Uh, nine, ten total. Ten total. I will knock that down to a nine though, because of your bad luck. You do yeah. have bandages, which will stop the bleeding, but they are embarrassing. <laughs> they're they're emba- embarrassing bandages? They're embarrassing bandages. You know how, like, they have Flintstone plasters, like, in the real oh, world? Oh, yeah. Basically, they're, like, bandages, but they're covered in, um, I don't know, what's something that's embarrassing? They're Prince Pratt-themed bandages that you have. There we go. Yeah. I don't know why he has his own themed bandages, but... And the- for some reason, this one has, like, he's got, like, a big old goofy mustache. like it's like it's the comedy pack like it's a bunch of funny faces ah there there we go this was him when he was trying to find ways to raise money in chocolate and he was like what if i have a comedy pack of bandages that'd be good oh but they were they were a failure across the board to the point just the bandages as well yeah yeah absolutely but um i will say you do manage to stop your bleeding and we will remove one harm so you're only down so you're only on one harm now which means Uh i won't be taking any ones off your rolls Apart from for luck. But that's okay. You right. have managed to push yourself out of the window then, and you are again abreast of the situation. Uh, I'm gonna say that you're kind of like behind the car and you kind of just put yourself in a position that you can have a look to see what's going on. Mm, yeah. What, it, what is going on is there was a little hut of some sort which had uh, a lot of kind of iron and like barrels around it, which you kind of assume maybe was the dungeon. Um, the wall of it has been completely blown out, and what you see are a bunch of guards that are currently in the midst of fighting what you can't really put a name to it but it looks like an enormous like almost like a troll or something but it's made out of stone whoa um on its head where its head should be is like a long it's like a cylindrical tube with a lens like a single lens for an eye whoa okay we got some we got some golems in here or something yeah some kind of go yeah there we go that's a good name for it It's, it's a golem of some sort 
Uh, and the people who were taking you in the car are more interested in that thing at the moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, goodness gracious, is there a... Uh... Man, I'm going to have to go through that, aren't I? Uh-huh. All right. Um, I'm going to kind of, like, try to blend in with the, the chaos and just kind of, like, run through. Okay, you want to try and avoid this thing? Yeah. Uh, roll 2d6 plus athletics. Uh, 11 and then plus athletics, 12 total. Okay. Yeah, fortunately, even if bad luck is on your side, no, they are more interested in this golem who, even though its head is tracking you, it has seen that you're not getting involved, so it is more interested in these small things that have weapons that are trying to hit it, and it is just, like, slapping, like, um, dogmen, <laughs> um, just these uh, Worgen guard and some human guards, Hither and thither, essentially. Uh, not good. But... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, as I'm running through, do I see, like... can I, Do I have a better look of, like, what's helping this golem or what's kind of controlling it? Like, is there... You, like, can you, I get a better look at the enemy faction? No, that's the thing. You're kind of circling around it. And what you can see is that this golem has... You can't see its energy source and you... It doesn't have any kind of like aura around it that it may be energized or being controlled by something. Here's something you do notice, though. Because it destroyed the area that it came out of, which you assumed was the dungeon, you see a thin man with a bag over his head make a break for it. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um. What would you like to do? Uh, I, I know, I'm thinking real hard if I want to waste time on chasing this guy. Um, yeah, let's chase him. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, uh, and what's the intent? You, you want to you wanna chase him and catch him, right? Yeah, I, I, I need to get some information and see what's going on. He probably doesn't know, but uh, I'm going to kind of whip out the grappling hook and oh, start nice. swinging it around. Awesome. Uh, 2d6 plus... I'll give you one for athletics and I'll give you another one for your signature weapon because this is cool. Uh, I rolled a 7, so 9 total. 9 total, very nice. Uh, yeah, you lasso this guy with... Like, the kind of the grappling hook goes past his leg then catches into his thigh and, like, you've tripped him up like cattle, essentially, and you start to, like, pull him towards you. Um, I will say, though, that um, because this is a mixed success, um, this guy getting hog well, this guy getting pulled does catch the attention of one of the guards, although the guard is too busy with in the midst of fighting this golem, so you may have... Time may be against you for the time being. But okay, I'm going to... You're pulling go ahead, go this ahead. guy into uh, range, though, essentially. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do kind of like the, the thing when you do, like, rein in something. I'm going to move with it. Like, okay. I'm going to move closer as I'm pulling. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, I'm going to remove the bag over his head Ooh. and ask him, uh, what the hell is going on? You pull the bag off this guy's head and it is, uh, exposed muscle and bone. Like somebody has pulled his face off. Oh! Yeah. Oh my God! And as, <laughs> and as the sunlight hits his face, he just starts screeching in pain as, yeah. Oh! my god as i put the bag not... on back on his face okay you put the bag back on his head <laughs> oh then as you god. do that 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> you bloody moron, why did you do that? I didn't know! <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just kind of like rolling around on the floor, but the uh, uh, floor is yours for asking questions. Uh, hey, what, what, what the hell's going on? I don't bloody know, I just want to get out of here. Of course. Uh, Obviously. Yeah. Do you know what the hell? Who's controlling that thing? Controlling that thing? I don't even know what the hell it is. That sounds about right. All right, you're free to go. Oh god, you just let him go, yeah? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I, he doesn't know anything. I guess he doesn't. Yeah, you take the grappling hook out of his leg, then, and you just let him uh, on his way, then. Yeah. Go on, get. Get. <laughs> Shoe, shoe, you bugger, shoe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's not interested in uh, getting involved with you. So yeah. He he hit he hits the road again. All right. Uh. Shit. <laughs> what would you like to do next? <laughs> there like a rock nearby I can throw at him. Well, this guy who's trying to escape. Yeah. Uh. Sure. <laughs> Uh, you pick up the rock and uh, uh, roll 2d6 plus athletics. Uh, eight total. As an eight, okay. Uh, yeah, this that pings off the guy's head and he collapses to the floor. He will remember I, I, that. Good, okay. Uh, so, just abreast of the current situation, you are in the castle courtyard. I will say that the bushes that you were able to hide yourself in is near... You are actually next to Castle Walls at this point. You are in the grounds of Castle Trottolera. Um, As you have a look over to the side, the golem is still in fighting shape, but um, some of the guards have had the bright idea to try and look for some explosives to try and blow the thing up rather than trying to hit it with... Conv um, they've mostly been trying to hit its lens with um, arrows and stuff, but it didn't really work. So that hasn't... So they're trying to look for some a bit more heavy duty to take it out of the equation. Um, but the castle is kind of quiet. Them, well, uh, like any guards who are on, um, you know, patrolling duty, they've their They're attention, is, their attention has yeah. been taken by this guy. Um. Damn. Okay. Um. I feel like helping get rid of this thing is going to help me in the long run. You reckon? Yeah, I, I think it's I, I think it'll put me in I'll, it'll give me some brownie points or something. Okay, so how do you um so how how do you want to how do you want to how do you want to go about doing that? Um, have I what what material is this golem creature thing made of? It is made out of smooth stone, um, but you can see some exposed elements which are a very shiny metal. Hmm. Okay. Um goodness, so it's like double layered. Mm -hmm. Um As uh, as I said though, it has like it kinda has like big almost like penguin style arms with long fingers which is mostly using to slap. It has kind of stubby legs, but they're quite like they kind of dig deep into the ground and then on its enormous torso is a it's a head which is about it's like a, it's like two paint cans like stacked on top of each other, but it doesn't seem to have like any sort of neck. It rotates around, but you can't quite see the mechanism of how that works. Okay. Um, man, I'm I'm gonna run past it. I can't. You don't want to get involved. I I don't. I think it's gonna just smack me like 
three miles away into the sky. <laughs> You're going to turn into a star in the sky, like on an episode of Pokemon, if it does that. It, yeah. Uh, understandable. So, you are near the castle, though. So, what are you thinking? I'm going to run into the castle. You're gonna you're gonna try the uh, you're gonna try the front door. Okay, roll two d six plus athletics. Uh, boxcars. Boxcars, baby. You manage to kind of hit the road, and the front door of the castle is a lot further away. However, good news for you because you got boxcars. Uh, the door has been left open, likely because of the reaction of people who have gone out to try and deal with it. So. You can slip inside no problem, as you are now inside Castle Trottle Era. And boy oh boy, what a thing it is. It's got beautiful marble checkerboard floors, it's got tall walls, it's got like bits of wood and bits of metal and bits of stone and stuff in here. And as you're kind of inside here, the fur on your arms is tingling a little bit, almost as if you're feeling like... Almost a little bit, I maybe I should have added this detail earlier, but I didn't. But what I will say is, is that you almost get a sort of a similar hum and a similar energy to when you were talking to the enormous silver tabaxi in your dreams. Hmm. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have my, like, my grappling hook kind of, like, at the ready. Okay. Um... And there, there's like there's like no signage, right? I don't know. Where, I I have no idea where to go. Say what? There's not there's there's not like an arrow to the left says you are King here. Pi yes. Yeah. Um. No, but I will tell you what. I'll let you into it if you can figure out um where things are. Sure. All right. Uh, rolled a ten. Intuition got an eleven total. Alrighty. So big ten. You decide then, right, let's try and figure out a sort of a ground plan of the castle and, like, where I am. You're currently at the front door, and you're racking your brain for kind of, like, well, what, have I, what do I remember about the castle? Because I've never been there, but they do write bits in the newspaper, and they do etchings and stuff like that. And famously around uh, Wintermas, when it was uh, Prince Pratt's birthday, when he coronated himself, there was that incident at the castle where an insurrection happened led by his uncle Droog. And obviously people had to come in to kind of etch the event of, you know, Pratt saving the day and stuff like that. And they did manage to piece to you did manage to get some bits of the different parts of the castle. So where you're currently standing to the left of you would lead you towards where the throne room is, where they have the paintings of all the hemlocks and where Prince Pratt would usually be. To the right of you would take you to kind of Royal Gardens area, which would then sort of lead to some of the different, like, you know, the cookery room and, uh, you know, some of the different quarters of the castle and stuff like that. Upstairs is where the bedrooms would be and kind of the washing areas and stuff like that. But you also remember that on the bottom floor, which extends between the three floors of Trollera Castle, is a big old library. One of the biggest libraries in the entire island it rivals the size of Trotelera's own public library. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, they like reading. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of books. Um. Man, um. There's gotta be some info to get. I'll but tell you what, you did roll a 10, so I'll, if you have a que if you have like a particular question, I'll try and answer it. Kind of trying to 
figure out really what direction I should go. And oh, that wait, golem is still the golem is still in the back of my mind. The golem is still you can still hear the sound of the golem fighting outside. Here's an interesting detail I'll give you then. The fur on your arms is standing up, but it's almost like it's being pulled in a particular direction. Which direction is it going? Uh, it is being pulled in the direction of right in front of you is a big stone wall. So to the left you can either take to the throne room, to the right you can take to some extra rooms, but it is likely pulling to whatever is beyond this wall, which, putting elements together, probably the library of Trottleira right. Castle. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow the arm hairs. You can follow the arm hairs as best you can. So which way do you want to go? Through the throne room or through um, other rooms? Uh, throne room. Throne room, okay. You decide then to head through the throne room then. Uh, roll flat 2d6. Roll a 9. Roll a 9, okay. I will give you this detail then. As you head into the throne room and you see all the paintings of the different hemlocks over the years, starting at Uriel and then getting all the way to King Pratt himself, the thing is completely empty. And from what you can see, there was maybe paperwork and stuff on the floor that was being kind of hastily left there, essentially. So perhaps there were guards in there that have left, or perhaps the king has kind of escaped with some of his advisors elsewhere. But the thing has been kind of the whole throne room has been left abandoned, essentially. Right. Um, can I take a glance at the papers, see if there's anything related to sure like maybe potentially people that have come in recently and that may answer who's doing all this you have a look at the paperwork that was left at the foot of his throne and here's what it tells you and these are all dated today funnily enough um earlier today um two uh associates of well two advisors of pratt one of them who called ricky business uh traveled up north to meet with a uh, with an adventure called Pontiac Lestrade, and the element of this adventure was the fact that they had discovered something, that there were tombs underneath Trottolera Castle that they believe led to a fabled magic wand. A magic wand which, if as you look through other bits of paperwork, they were looking at it as a potential solution for um, the King and Queen's current issue, which is, as you thumb through other bits of paperwork, they have returned to... Castle Trottolera, after basically disappearing all the way up nearly path to nearly a year ago, but they have lost their memories in this time, and they were hoping that something like a magic wand may be used to, well, bring their memories back. Um, this magic wand was then given to them by Pontiac Lestrade more than about two to three hours ago. And they were looking at perhaps, like, they've done some pictures of it and they've done some studies of it. And they were looking at perhaps using it in the next few days to achieve their results. From what you can sort of piece together from some of the descriptions that Pontiac gave them from what was underneath the castle, that golem is related to that wand. Yeah. As in, they may have been protecting it. So the wand has been... Well, you're not quite sure where the wand is, essentially. You're not quite sure where the king is. But it may be possible that perhaps that, that golem has managed to... Oh, and sorry, the final detail of all of this, as you have a look, is some... Oh, and I'll tell you what this. You have a map of the castle. 
but you also have some maps of underneath the castle, and all of this area that they had mapped out of all these tombs and stuff like that, big red crosses have been put through all of them as there was a cave-in of sorts. However, this golem has managed to escape the cave-in and is looking for its wand, essentially. Okay, um... I'm gonna pocket the paper, uh, the paperwork about the wand. Okay. Um, to give that to a royal guard of some sort, and hopefully they'll find out. They'll they know where the king is. Okay. Because um, they probably have it. Excellent. Um. So uh, you want to try and keep an eye out for a guard or something, then? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have that kind of in the back of my mind as I'm still looking for. As I'm taking advantage of the situation and trying to find this needle. Excellent. Um, you're kind of like okay. So I'll get this will be a nice complication then for uh, heading into the throne room. You decide to kind of like you know look for people, and uh, fortunately you are given a guard pretty quickly. Unfortunately, you don't look like you work at Trotlera Castle, and there is currently a um, attack happening outside. So this guy is just like, hey, stop right there. What the hell do you think you're doing here? Uh, do you know the Maiden of the Needle? The guy looks at you, like, completely puzzled. See, I asked for her name so I wouldn't look crazy. <laughs> and look what happened. Do you know of some sort of magical needle here in the castle? This guy kind of, like, tilts his head. You would not tell me the truth. Why did I ask him that? <laughs> <laughs> Even if you did know. Um, Have you got something to do with what's outside? I do not, but I found something about what's outside. There's paperwork here. And I, ha I show him the paperwork. See, look, there's a wand involved. I think the golem, this creature, is related to this wand. And the king may still have it. Or... Was it Ricky or Lestrade that had it? Um, Pontiac Lestrade found it and then gave it to Pratt. So, I, yeah, okay. And then I was like, I think the king, do you know where the king is? Because he may be able to fix this. Roll 2d6, and we'll add plus one for the paperwork, and oh. I'll give you just plus one for the paperwork, because essentially you're trying to convince this guy that, hey, I should be here. I am helping. I'm helping. Myself. Uh, I rolled an eight, so nine total. Nine total. This guy just kind of looks at you like, he's believing you a little bit, but he's just kind of pulling a face, and it's just like... Why do you look like a rogue? How, how the hell are you? What, why are you in here rather than outside trying to stop that golem? That golem destroyed the cart I was in. Why were and you in a so, cart? Because I've been framed for a crime and I came here to initially kind of, you know, prove that I'm being framed and then the golem thing happened. The guy just kind of like looks at you and he pulls his finger out as he almost like traces around the outline of your head, like in the air, he like traces around the outline of your head. He's like mapping out what I'm saying. Yeah, he's you're that you're that bloody you're that bloody prouse. You're the one who stole all the manon's clothes. I recognize I am, you. I, I am not. I don't ha even have the clothes on me. Right, submit, submit for get on your knees now and submit for arrest. No, no, what, no. Submit for arrest I, now. I. Did, what were the details of the tabaxi? She was dark, and she was a tabaxi. Did, no. did, did they have a sorry, tail? 
They were dark and they were a tabaxi. Of course they have a tail. All tabaxis have tails. And then I turn around and I kind of put, gesture my butt at him. Oh, and you're and you're like you're like sticking it out like, hey, check this out. Bam, what bam. What about this? Was it a long tail by any chance? I don't know. I didn't see him. Roll 2d6 plus 1 for tail. I'm just like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if your tail can help you out. Oh my god. I rolled a 7. It's not gonna help. <laughs> oh boy. No, this guy's just kind of face palming and he's like, look, either you submit for arrest, otherwise I don't know what I'm gonna do, alright? Uh, crud. Crud, 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 crud. I, mm, what do you want to do? I wanna... I wanna run away. You can run away. Do you wanna uh, run away? Where do you wanna run away to? What? He... Oh, do, do I know, like, kind of what direction he came from? Uh, he looked like he was coming from the hallways. Like, um... Um, so basically, the, like, the way that the castle's like a big old donut, and then in the middle of it is the, um library okay um i'm i want to try one more plea of reasoning okay there are, there are more there are more pressing matters at hand let's try to resolve that first and then we can decide if i need to be arrested or not where's the king 2d6 i'm gonna give, give you a minus one because this is um yeah i yeah i know the guy's against you Crap. Uh, world of seven, six total. Oh no. Okay, no, this guy, this guy shakes his head, and I will tell you this much. Fortunately, he hasn't got any weapons on him. Well, people always have what they always have two weapons on them. As he rolls up his sleeves and um, cracks his knuckles as he gets ready, as he's getting ready to box okay. you. All right. Um. Alright, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I bow up. Let's, let's do it. Alright, it's fighting time. <laughs> ding, it's ding, fighting ding. time, I guess. Ding, ding, ding. Right, um, well, are you gonna let him, like, do you wanna, like, try and, like, intercept his moves, or do you wanna try and get the first hit in? What, what would he uh, wanna he do? He seems to be ready before me, so I'll, I'm gonna try to start with intercepting a move. 2d6 plus martial arts. Uh, 10, 11 total. 11 total. Very nice. Um, he swings a big punch, and you stand out of the way. And also, obviously, being a martial arts person, what do you want to do? Uh, I kind of want to use that momentum. He kind of put himself behind the fist mm -hmm. and kind of like roll him down to the ground. Awesome. Roll two d six plus martial arts again, and I'll give you a plus one because you're basically using a previous move against him. Uh, rolled a five. So, so, so plus two is a seven. Seven. Then. Okay. You do manage to, yeah, you manage to grab his arm then and you manage to like, essentially like, you're, yeah, you're, you're rolling him down like onto his back and getting him to like, yeah, putting him on the floor. Unfortunately, he, that's not quite good enough to like put him out as he hits the floor with quite a hard warmth and looking oh, no. at you above him. He grabs your leg and he yanks it pretty hard to bring you down with him. Okay. Roll 2d6 plus martial arts. Oh no! Four, five total. Oh no. No, you hit the floor. 
you hit the floor pretty hard from that. What I will say is though, because you're kind of in fight mode, you're not going to take serious harm from this, but you are dizzy from what has happened as a result, uh, which gives this guy enough time to like get on his feet as um, he looks to maybe introduce some feet into this fight. What would you like to do? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, kind of like, I'm gonna stay on the ground. I'm gonna roll away. Okay. Like a log. Awesome. <laughs> uh, 2d6 plus martial arts. Oh, dear. Six, seven total. Seven total. Oh, boy. Uh, these dice. Yeah, these dice. They gotta go to dice jail. Um, I'll tell you what, you do roll out of the way from him stamping the ground, but you kind of over-egg it, and as a result, you roll into a side table that is in the throne room, causing stuff to fall on, like, kind of stuff to fall and smash around you as a result. Roll 2d6. 11. Ele oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, none of that stuff hits you, but you have caused maybe... Thousands of gold in damage as this is all, um, it was all fine, <laughs> fine historical pieces that have now been ruined by you rolling out of the way. And I'll what say do you that mean it's one of a kind. Yeah, exactly. What That's do you mean? impossible. What do you mean? It was my great great grandfather's favorite plate. As, um, and I'll say that in this time as well, you managed to get yourself onto your feet as well. Okay. Um, how, how big is this end table that I ran into? How big is it? Um, about three foot off the ground. Like, can, can I lift it? Yeah, of course. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna lift it and throw it at the guy. <laughs> You're gonna WWE him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, two d six, and I mean, is this martial arts? Could it be argued as martial arts? I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's martial arts. Okay, I'll give, but I'll give you a plus one for table. So two d six plus table. Uh, six, seven total. Seven total. Okay, the table smashes against the guy, then he hits the floor, but he's not quite out of the fight yet. Um, I'm gonna uh, run up to him and then kind of do a um... man, what? Um, would we say I have like some sort of uh, like rope in my exploration gear? In my little satchel or Absolutely. bag or whatever. Uh, I'm going to hog time. Cool. Roll uh, 2d6 and I'll give you a plus one for exploration gear. And I'll give you a plus one for athletics because you're trying to do this quick. Oh my god. I should never encounter anyone in this game. Um, I rolled a four, so six. Six. Ooh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this is what happens. This is what happens though. This guy is dizzy, and, like, you just flip him onto his stomach, and, like, you just start to hogtie his, his hands then. But before you're able to get to his feet, a arrow whizzes overhead. You oh, look, crap. and in the hallway, that person who caught that attention you caught earlier when you, when you pulled the guy who was escaping, is standing there holding a bow and arrow, and he's like, there he is, there's the guy! This oh, this looks really bad. It does look I'm bad. Why you're kidnapping one of our own? I'm I don't even want him. I'm not kidnapping him. <laughs> yeah, this guy is like below you, is like trying to wiggle free. What do you want to do? Crap. It looks it looks incredibly bad. Um. One 
I'm gonna eat. Oh man. <laughs> I'm just. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna. I'm gonna dash. I'm gonna make a run for it. All right. Uh, 2d6 plus athletics then. Oh my god. Uh, six total. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I don't even need the bad luck. <laughs> I tell you what. I'll give you this detail. You do spring to your feet and you do, like, start to run away. But, uh, in trying to, like, like, the moment that you go behind a pillar and out of the room that you're in, a very clever arrow does manage to hit you in the leg and you hit the floor yeah. as a result. Well, flat 2d6. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, eight. That's an eight. Okay. All I will say is then is that this does manage to, like, it goes through the leg cleanly. Oh! Uh, doesn't hit any, doesn't hit any ma major arteries or veins, fortunately, but it does hurt a lot. You do take one harm from this, which now means you're back on two harm again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Ah, uh, crap. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna... Ooh, crap. Do you want to pull it out? Yeah, I'm gonna break, um... Break a piece of it from the uh, the arrowhead, okay. so I can pull it out cleanly. Okay, I'm not going to say you have an issue doing this at all, but you are going to have an issue doing this quickly, so you can try and avoid oh, the guys. Yeah. So roll two d six plus athletics. <laughs> oh God! What? Uh, snake eyes. Oh, jeez, Louise. Uh, you. <laughs> do manage to break the arrow, and you do pull it off. But the moment that you're about to wrap it up in bandages, a uh, sudden realisation hits you, which is that you have blown right into the library room that uh, you have uh, kind of intuited a little bit about the castle. Wow. Uh, I'll give you a couple of interesting details. Right in the middle of, the, um, of this room, being held in a big, tall glass case on its own, is... Uh, that magic wand that was being spoken about. And as you can kind of see its shape and the hairs on your arm, you intuit that that is the needle that the Silver Maiden was talking about. Oh, okay. However, because it is such an important piece of, you know, technology that they want to keep an eye on, the guards that weren't outside fighting the golem, they're all in here, keeping an eye on that. Also inside there are a number of advisors, and ladies and gentlemen, the character of Question Show that we all know and love, King Pratt, is also in there. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah. of them have turned over to have a look at you and smashed into the room with an arrow in your leg. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, hello. <laughs> quite the commotion going on out there, huh? You hear shouting behind you like, get him, get him! That's They're not talking about me. <laughs> you wanna um, I, I, <laughs> uh, uh, I, 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 I try to stand up and look as presentable. Not No, why? I'm in a rush. Um, uh, Your Majesty, nice to meet you. I guess. Uh, I think... I, I, I pulled the paper out. I think that, that wand up there is going to fix the problem that's out there. 
Um, he looks completely bemused by whatever the... Yep, I mean, everyone's just in shell shock at the moment. Uh... What do you want to do? One, two... How how high is the, the glass case? It's it's on a table. But the wand itself is like uh it's like a big it's like a big pool cue, it's like uh, five foot long, but it's like yeah, it, it's nice it's standing up, it's standing up straight, so it's a big it's like so it's on the it's on the table and then five foot off the floor. Um I'm gonna start oh crap. <laughs> smash and grab, smash and grab. Yeah, that <laughs> crap. Um yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna run up to it, grab it, and try to run back. None of this is making any sense to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do a smash and grab. Okay. Roll two d six. I'll give you a plus one for athletics, but I'm going to give you a minus one because you are harmed. My leg has a boo boo. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's just a flat 2d6 just a flat 2d6 I'm just gonna you can just like drop an anvil on me my man cause I got a 4 <laughs> oh really? yeah oh no that's real bad oh dear oh dear I not even I, I haven't even needed to apply bad luck to this bad luck it's is natural destiny. it is destiny you've played a bad luck character all the way through Time seems to, like, pick back up again as, like, their shell shock wears off and, like, you spring into action. Um, a bevy of arrows, like, flies, like, around you and, like, over you and stuff like that. One of them nicks your ear, another one kind of nicks past your butt, but it's all very kind of, like, superficial damage. But you kind of, like, clamber onto the table to go and grab at this wand... Now, as I did say, this wand it was being held in a big glass case. Rather than being subtle about it and like trying to take the glass case off or whatever, you just smash right through it and take the wand with you. Prince Pratt, or King Pratt, is like stepping back completely freaked out. All his advisors are pulling against their paperwork and arrows are continuing to fly all around you and stuff like that. I'm going to need you to roll 2d6, and I will be applying a minus 1 to this. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. This, is like the this is like the first draft of Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> Let's just run through and grab it. Uh, I rolled a 6, so 5. Ah, uh, no. Uh, your front parts are embedded in glass. There's a yep. few big chunks sticking out of your head as well. Uh, even the and some of the arrows have hit you as well. So, unfortunately, we're going to mark another two pips of harm onto this. So you are now up to four harm, and you are not feeling very well as a result. Hot dog. On the plus side, you are now holding the wand, for whatever that's worth. Okay, um... Crud. Crud, crud, crud. Uh, shit. Um, I, 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 I'm sorry, everybody. There's no time to explain. Maybe there should be. Uh, kind of looking at my, my bleeding hand. Mm -hmm. Um, but we gotta fix this golem problem. 
And this wand is going to do it. Rock 56. Just see, just to see if it works. Not gonna work. It's not gonna. Work. It's not gonna work. But just it's do it. It's not anyway. gonna work. I just, I'm gonna throw my entire dice bag away. Damn it. Three. Oh what? That sucks. <laughs> oh no. Um, just drop the anvil on me. No, it's like it's all like happening in slow motion, and people are shaking their heads back and forth. Even like the king himself is getting involved. There's like people are running over to you and like telling the shouting to like stop shooting the arrows and stuff as they like, try and pull the wand out of your hands. I will say that this thing is, um, it feels really weird. Like, the metal of it is, like, the same smoothness and same kind of shimmeriness as the Silver Maiden that was in your dream. And, like, even holding it, it kind of feels like, uh, I don't know, it feels toasty in a weird way and, like, almost kind of like it, like it has a slight vibration to it as well. Like, holding on to it, you do kind of feel something, like, I don't know, almost kind of like, you do feel like something moving up your arms a little bit as like you're kind of in, right, like, as you grab around it. But yeah, these guys are, no, they're trying to pull it out of your hands as like best as possible to like just separate Man, you from it. I'm so, I... so, <laughs> I'm so distraught with all these bad rolls. Um, I'm going to let go. My, I, I don't think my, my busted up hand can keep a grasp that much longer. Okay, you just want to let go of it. Yeah, I. Dang it's it. kind of, it's kind of the weight of the situations. Okay, yeah, you kind let of go of the one then as Pratt like pulls it back, and he kind of like stumbles back as he pulls it into his hands, and he's like kind of pointing to like guards and stuff to basically arrest, like you know, no more hours of flying. He's just basically saying, you know, arrest this guy, arrest this guy. So yeah. As like yeah, he's just kind of yeah. I don't know this. <laughs> I don't know the situation just got crazy really quickly. Um, so like they put you in manacles then and stuff like that, and like as the situation is kind of like speeding back up again, they're just sort of like, Pratt, we can't put this guy in the dungeon. The thing's being blown to pieces by that gong. He is right. We still need to solve that gong. I know, but. Oh, the way the thing's going, I'm, uh, I I know we're gonna need to work quick. It, it, the guy wants the wand. I, I don't know what to do. Like as he's kind of looking around and, and like he's looking at you mostly because you seem to be pretty wise about the whole situation, despite the fact that you were very desperate to get in here. So Brett is currently an open audience for you. I'm. Let me start off by apologizing. <laughs> King Pratt, please. Let me uh, let me start by saying sorry for my actions. Um, when you're chased by authorities, you don't necessarily think clearly. Do you know what's funny is that because you're in a um, library, I want to imagine it's like you know when YouTubers or like Twitch streamers apologize for like you know saying <laughs> like the N word while rapping. So you're standing in front of a uh, a bookcase like a like a Calax, and you're doing your apology to camera. But you're doing a YouTube oh apology. Yeah. But you're doing a YouTube apology where you're not taking any of the blame. You're saying, "I'm sorry, people got upset about what I, about what happens." <laughs> uh, oh my god. Um. Okay, so Prince Norton, as you're apologizing, let me explain as clearly as I can, and as quickly as I can so we can solve this issue at hand. 
Okay. I was wrongly arrested because apparently I look like another tabaxi that has stolen some things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of like shake my butt. I don't think it was me because I don't really have a tail. Right. But, you know, that's neither here nor there at this point. Okay. I was asleep on the cart on the way here. Okay. And the maiden of the needle spoke to me, I guess. I don't know if you know her. She's really large. <laughs> she told me this needle will help me. I have, as you can tell, lift my bloody busted up hand and I kind of point at the arrow in my leg. Okay. I have very bad luck. <laughs> he nods. I am a almost a pariah on this society as things break near me. He nods. I want that. Go ahead. I know he just nods. He's just nodding all along. Uh, on the way here, the cart got hit by something big and large. I want to assume it was that golem. And as you're explaining, got- oh, sorry. As you're explaining this, you kind of hear the sound of calamity again. Is it sounds like the golem is like trying to break its way into the castle now. But continue. I took an opportunity. Um, a ghoulish gentleman ran out of the dungeon. Um, the sun hurt his face. That's all I can say. I don't know the guy. He couldn't help me. So I, he ran off. Um, I ran in to find this needle. You know, it's unfortunately taking advantage of the situation. I found paperwork near your throne. And I'm going to assume if this needle can solve some sort of hex or curse that's upon me. It's probably related to this golem, and it's probably activating this golem, or this golem needs this wand. Um, I don't know if this thing can stop it, turn it off, or maybe it just wants it and, you know, wants to go home. I, But this, this wand, this needle... Is what's going to help this situation, I believe. That's the case you're making to Pratt. Yes, and and yes, yes. Okay. That's the case I'm making. Pratt is holding the wand in his ar- in his hands. Then, and funnily enough, the fur on his arms is also standing up. As when you mentioned the silver maiden, almost kind of like a cog in his head, sort of turned as well, which was a little bit odd. Mm, you know what? You know what? You know what? Roll two d six. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Let's see if an acme branded anvil falls on me. Let's hope not. And, and, and King Pratt will go. Well, I guess that solves that. <laughs> there we go. Sorted. Uh, I rolled a nine total. Oh. Okay. And I'll tell you what. I'll give you a plus one on that because oh. of because of your very good talk to Pratt. So that is a nice big ten. Pratt, oh. woo, baby, back on Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not it all on black. 
Well, he is holding that kind of wand, like, between two hands, because it is a very long and a kind of a bit of a heavy thing as he's kind of, like, gulping, and, like, his advisors are, like, looking at him and shaking their head back and forth, like, this guy's, this guy's crazy, you know, don't listen to him, and, like, the other guards and, like, guards and stuff, they're trying to, like, leave the room because they need to deal with this problem. Brad just kind of looks at you, though, and he's almost kind of feels like there's something in this wand that's kind of calling out to him, so... Rather sheepishly, in one hand, he slowly descends that wand onto your shoulder. First things first, ah. remove four harm. Oh! Oh! As uh, arrow holes and um, other bits of uh, uh, scuffs and tufts uh, disappear. Now, I'd like you to roll 2d6, plus 1. Uh, 8 total. That's an 8. So a 9, I guess. Oh no, with a plus 1 is an 8. Yes. You don't feel as if you're... You feel as if that shadow that has been over you most of your life has... dissipated. But because you didn't get a 10, it hasn't swapped the up. Because basically, if you had got a 10 on that, I would have given you good luck all the way through. No, I'm not doing that. You only got an 8. So, basically, no more luck. No, no, no more luck has been applied to your roles, essentially. Now you are, I'm just a normal dude. You're as normal as everybody else. Sorry about oh. that. Hooray. <laughs> but... Your harm has been healed, for the most part. And Press is kind of looking at you a bit confused, and he's like, Ah, uh, uh, did that do anything? Uh, yeah. Yeah, feel pretty good. I just feel a lot better, for one. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, um, okay, well, you seem to know a little bit more about this than me, so, uh, yeah, yeah, you you deal with the golem problem, then, as he, uh, uh he hands you the big ol' uh, wands. Um, okay. Yeah, I could do that. Okay, become equipped with wands. Wands. <laughs> now, what do you want to do with wands? Just poof away. No, um... <laughs> I am the king now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, um... Uh, is that guard that, you know, has been giving me shit this... I wouldn't say the entire time, but is that the, guard here? The guy who hogtied you? Yeah. Uh, the guy who hogtied you is in the hall. He's screaming because the golem is nearing him. He's fine. No, um... <laughs> Alright, uh... I, I, I gesture my manacles uh, at a, a nearby guard, and I'm like, alright, let's let's fix this golem issue. Oh, yeah, because you're still in manacles, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, 2d6 plus... Uh, uh, plus one for the situation. Uh, because Pratt is... Actually, no, 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 no. Pratt just kind of nods at the guard then, and yeah, he takes the manacles off here. Okay. Uh, I kind of do like a like a light jog, because I do not want to fight that thing, but here we are. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, I will say as well, Pratt's a pretty big buff guy, so handling that wand was a little bit awkward for him. Very awkward for you, unfortunately. Oh, boy. It is like a, it's like if a snooker cue was as uh, heavy as a, if it was made out of steel. So it is, uh, he is heavy in weird places. Uh, 
uh, why is <laughs> I'm just like complaining to myself. It's like, why isn't this balanced? This is <laughs> gross. So why, old. Why don't they make these things out of wood? Why is so it? Much, well, that'd be <laughs> so much easier. Yeah, let me just invent billiards. Um, <laughs> all right, let's. How how close is the golem to the library? Uh, the golem is. Um, he is in the throne room at the moment as he is like fighting guys off like hither and thither, and like he is like slowly edging towards the throne room at this point. Um, mm. I will say this detail as well. Um, there are scuff marks on him from dynamite, so he is now missing one arm, but he's still in the fight. Okay. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to kind of like. It, it, the wand's still on hand, but I'm going to kind of plant it and I'm going to start swinging my grappling hook and I'm going to try to like get a hold on him so I can climb up to the golem. Oh, very cool. Uh, 2d6 plus signature weapon. It's nine total. That's nine total. Uh, and the idea is, is that like you're kind of. Like Gulliver's travels, you're trying to like keep its arm in place, and you're gonna walk up it, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you kind of like hog tied around his arm, and you like pull it in tight. Uh, I would say the complication of this is that you no longer have your grappling hook is no longer in use. Like you can't right. use it from here. Um, but yeah, um, I would say with this golem as well, it's like it's not enormous. It's like ten foot, but like you can still run up its arm like a uh, like a bench essentially. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I was touched by the wand, and I will touch this golem with the wand. Uh, I'm gonna kind of like try to run up it as gracefully as I can with this uh, oh, awkward, oh, awkward wand. wand, and kind of touch like the 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 rotating head, the little tin can head. Okay. Roll two d six plus wand. <laughs> uh, six seventy nine, ten total. Ten total, sweet peas. You kind of like then go to stand like on its quote unquote shoulders. I mean, the thing is like a fridge with a head on it, essentially, and like it's continuing to move back and forth. And people are like around it, like starting to back off a little bit because they don't want to try and hit you, even though you were a criminal a couple of minutes ago. But hey, your bad luck is dissipated, so maybe that's something to do with it. You're standing shouldered, like your legs are like apart in like a big A pose. It's like. You grab this wand in two hands and like raise it above you, and you're like, "Okay, here goes nothing." As you bring the wand down on its cylindrical head, and it almost like it's like a click of like a big button as the wand pushes his head in. Oh, his head retracts back, and then it just stops. Oh, <laughs> the thing just collapses. <laughs> My, my eyes as wide as dinner plates. I was like, that worked? Uh, yeah. Did, did it work? I kind of like look at the guards and like, that worked? Uh, the guards are all completely bemused, but they're like going up to it. They're tapping it with their knives. They're like even hitting it with some hammers and stuff. And uh, yeah, no reaction. Um, the wand against its head has uh, deactivated it. I'm going to lift the wand. Or I, 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 first, I'm going to tell him step back real quick. Let me let me try something, and I'm going to lift the wand from touching it. You know, uh, maybe it always has to be touching this golem kind of okay. mindset because I don't I don't want to take any chances. You raise the you raise the wand above your head, and it continues to be deactivated. Oh, thank God! <laughs> big big old sigh. Oh. 
No, roll 2d6 plus explosion. No, I'm uh, joking. <laughs> God, that'd be bad. No, oh, don't seven. worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I will say, though, uh, this room, room is a mess. That uh, beautiful marble floor has been uh, ruined by this big old golem. And it destroyed a table nearby, which had um, priceless uh, antiques and stuff. That was the goal of 100%. And it hogtied this guy as well. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's very dexterous. Incredibly dexterous, despite the fact that it has fingers the size of, like, um, Hershey's bars. Yeah. (laughs) Dexterous Uh, and handsome. Like, I don't know who did that. Yeah. Uh... Pratt and his advisors come out as, like, the chaos has stopped, and it's just like, is, is that it? Is, 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 he, is he stopped? Is he done? Uh, big shrug. I think so. Oh. Uh, like, like, Pratt just kind of, like, trottles over, even though it's, like, his people are telling him not to do so, and he's, like, he's tapping the big stone head on his, like, uh, I don't know, he, he seems pretty out of it, although I guess he's also made out of stone, so I don't really know. Uh, uh, maybe uh, we haven't got a dungeon to put this guy in, so uh, maybe we'll have to um, dig a big hole or something. I don't know. Uh, it's very confusing. As he looks over you and he says, Oh, jeez, well, th- uh, thanks, guy. Yeah, I really cleared this one up, huh? Yeah, I, I guess I did. Um, As he puts a hand out and he goes, oh, uh, What's your name, by the way? Uh, I'm I'm Eclipse. Uh, nice nice to meet you. And I, I And I grab his hand and I shake it. He's nodding and smiling, he goes, Yeah, you look a little bit like someone you broke into the castle a little while ago, but I think their name was Prose, so you're not related, are you? No, I'm very certain I am not related. Okay, well that's good to know, as he's kind of like looking at his guards and stuff, and he's just like, right, well, looks like we got a pretty busy day ahead of us, we don't know if any more of them golems are going to be popping up anywhere, but, uh, but he does kind of look back at you and he goes, that even said, you did bring into the castle and steal this wand, so we're gonna have to do some kind of question and answering, alright? I mean, I, I thought I kind of answered the questions, but yeah, you know what, that's that's fair. I did try to take advantage of this whole situation. Um, he puts a grabby hand out, because he wants the wand, but do you give him the wand? I eat it. No. Um, <laughs> uh, you yeah, hide no, it up I, your. I, sh- I, you hide it up your shit. Like what? What are you talking <laughs> about? I see no wand. Um. Yeah. I, I give it back to him. You give him back the wand. Okay. Uh. Pratt takes back the wand then, as um hair on his arm seems to kind of like stand up, and he's like, "Man, this is a real powerful piece of kit, huh? You know, I might need to keep you around there, Eclipse. You seem to know how this thing works. Not that I'm sure how." I, I mean, I, a, a crazy large woman told me about it, so I, I, I know as much as her. I don't know if she's going to keep talking to me. Oh, you saw the big lady as well? What did she say to you? She said, the prince of the forest will help me get this needle. Oh, that's funny. She called me prince of the forest as well. Uh, <laughs> that's weird. Oh, okay. All right, well. Uh, and he's just kind of looking at her, and he's just like, well, you guys, you better clean up around here and all that, and, uh, yeah, you and me, Eclipse, are gonna have to figure this, uh, this wand out a little bit more, because I need to use this on my parents, alright? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I can help out. Okay, great. As, uh, I guess, like a, like a 
like a like an action movie helicopter shot happens, which doesn't make any sense because you're inside of a castle. But just the courtyard and this room are just completely wrecked to pieces because of this <laughs> bit of action that has happened. So and we're yeah. like zooming out, flying away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like white text appears on the screen, which is like, if you've been affected by uh, anything that has happened in this episode of Quest and Show, please call this reline number. I guess I, I don't know. Um. So I guess what I'll ask from there is uh, Eclipse, which because it seems like uh, that that bad luck that is wafted over you for years and years is maybe that is gone for well, I don't know you don't know it, it might who can say if it's per, this is a permanent change you know things can always you may accidentally break a mirror or like you know walk under some ladders but then you may also find a four-leaf clover or whatever so things could swing in different directions yeah but- I, li- I like to think that the luck my bad luck hasn't gone away but it's been modified to be Listen. more more affected by a superstition okay That's so like yeah like like it's now a, a like it's like now a value within my my soul so to speak that if like i do an action then yes it like the the luck does actually affect like the superstition is actually real for me interesting okay i guess what i will say from here is is that as your kind of adventures come to an end here what happens next for eclipse of the moon um, I suppose he's going to kind of go back to, nah, he, he decided to help the king. Yeah. He's going to be kind of like a roving, traveling, like, artifact hunter, perhaps? Okay. Oh, that's interesting. So he's since, almost- now, since now magic is not outlawed anymore it's like hey there's other magical stuff let's look into that since we want to incorporate that into uh you know the city the society so he kind of like reinvents himself as because pratt seems to believe that he is very worldly about this technology that i mean he only knows about because a a big silver woman in his dreams told him about it pratt just kind of bank rose him as being like okay well there may be more ones like this yeah i'm gonna fake it I'm going to fake it till I make it. I got a good team now. <laughs> All right. And because there's no luck against you or good luck for you, uh, I don't know, maybe you maybe may be able to balance that out for as long as possible. That'd be pretty good. But yeah, um, yeah you just kind of become almost like a, yeah, like a paid for crown, like a, yeah, artifact finder, treasury hunter sort of guy. So that's pretty cool. All right. And- I have to find a replacement grandpa's plate. Ah, for that, the ones that for the ones that the golem broke on that oh, table, of course, and and uh, make sure that the guy who was hogtied by the golem is um, compensated as well. I imagine. Yeah, you hit him with a magic wand so that he is all better, but believes that the <laughs> golem did it. Uh but all right, and I think with that, that is the end of quest and show for this week. So, Cody, how did you find it? It was a blast. Uh, it is. I love failing forward um, and failing forward type of games. Yes. So, so this, the fact that my my character, this became a whole meta of me actually having bad luck with my roles was it wonderful. Is, it is incredibly astonishing that I will say for the people at home is that obviously you know 
we do record this, but um, like none of the number of the numbers are doctored. Like you were getting very unlucky rolls throughout this entire thing. So yeah, that was uh, quite a surprise. This is this is punishment for not using my dice nearly as often. <laughs> yeah, they've they've loaded themselves up. They've accumulated a lot of bad luck oh, since uh, you haven't been using them. So you have to, yeah, exactly. It's like tuning over an engine in a car or a battery in a car. You have to keep using them to keep the look topped up. That's just the way it is. Uh, but cool, good stuff. So I guess uh, before we wrap things up, uh, Cody, are there any uh, last plugs or uh, anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, um, June has been so busy for me, so I haven't I haven't streamed in like a month, but I'm coming back to it um, over at my Twitch channel, awful underscore possum, awful possum. Cool. Um, I'm gonna start playing Crosscode. Ooh. Uh, for the first time. Well, I've played a little bit of it in um from like on Game Pass, and I've I fell in love with it. So I'm I want to kind of experience that with uh with chat kind of deal. Great. Um and play some Pokemon, really. Fantastic stuff. And yeah, um, obviously links to your Twitch and uh, stuff will be in the description below. But uh, Cody, thank you very much for coming on Quest and Show, and we'd love to have you back. Yeah, thank you very much. It was a blast. Well, thank you. Uh, and again, uh, I've been the host in Game Master James. You can find my stuff at HotSider at uh, Twitter.com. I'd also like to thank the Patreon producers that made this episode possible. They include VG, Valerie B, Chasm, and Undercover Squirrel. If you'd like to support the show or any work I do, please consider joining me over at patreon.com forward slash hotsider, where you'll even get early access to episodes of Quest in Show. And until next time, goodbye. Bye-bye.